I hate Windows so much. Hmm. Uh, this webcam, which is currently sitting in a very precarious, very temporary position yes. just for right now. Um, of course, it has a microphone built into it. Mm-hmm. And of course, Windows, I have my audio settings <clears throat> tuned so they are just so. And of course, Windows says, oh, you plugged in a webcam mic? <laughs> That's your new default. <laughs> of course. Why wouldn't it be? You wanted that, didn't you? Well, it has the newest model number. So good. And it's a combined device, microphone and camera. So, of course, you just want to use one thing instead of two, right? Right. Of course. Oh, you sound way better. Oh, my gosh. Yep. I thought so. So, the nice thing is because for some reason in this instance, Audacity is smarter than Windows. Audacity was this whole time has been using the correct microphone not the stupid Logitech microphone built into the webcam. Mm-hmm. It's actually a pretty decent webcam, mm-hmm. but the microphones in all webcams are garbage, Yeah, especially compared to this. Yeah. I, I, I hate Windows. I swear to God. I hate it. Well, I absolutely I, hate I, it. I just bought a Windows USB stick sticking to my new computer. That's we Well, I mean, that's fine. We don't have a choice. Yeah. I mean, what else are you going to do? <laughs> I, have a, it's a monopoly, I, so... I've said so, so many times recently, like I, for years, and actually, I mean, still right today, I'm very much against Apple's walled garden. I don't really like the idea of their ecosystem being so cut off from everything, Mm -hmm. but I've thought recently almost, I almost feel shame for saying it because I've been so, so against it in the past. But if I could play my Steam library on a Mac, I'd buy in. I'd have an no. iPhone. I'd have a MacBook no. Pro. I'd have a, a, a oh. Mac desktop. I'd, oh. I'd, I'd completely buy into the whole ecosystem. I would, Why? because it just, it just works. I'm so tired. Like when I was in college, I lo- in high school, college, after college, I loved fiddling. I loved fiddling with everything until all of everything was like just so, mm-hmm. and all of my settings were exactly how I wanted them to be, and all the devices were exactly how I wanted them to be. Yeah. And I'm so tired of fiddling. I, I hate it. I'm tired of fiddling with settings and things so that it works right. And Windows does like like this, where it, it just decided that that microphone should be the default, even though it's the worst <laughs> mic that I have plugged into this machine. Yeah. I, I know how to fix that, but no one else that in my circle, you know, my family is going to know how to fix a problem yeah. like that. It's so frustrating. And I've seen, since I've started working at <laughs> Hi, Zach. I've seen hey. my uh, bosses have MacBooks, and they have their work MacBooks tied to their, like, personal iPhones, and, like, their messages come through, and all their emails syncs to the same client, and it works so much better than Outlook. Outlook is trash. Oh, Outlook's trash. It, no, I, I hate Outlook. Every, the, everything about them, it just, like, it just... Uh, to, to steal Todd Howard's best quote, it, it just, just works. works. And it does just work. Like, the closed ecosystem... It works. What? As irritating as it is, it just works. It's a very it's nice so garden simple. behind a very high wall. It is. And honest to God, I, I'm just, I'm so tired of the fiddling. I'm so tired of the, of Windows irritating me so much. If I could play Steam games, if I could play my Steam library on a Mac, I'd switch. I don't know. But I can't. I'm stuck with Windows. The wall offends me. I'm offended. It offends me too. I'm offended but by the I'm, wall. 
I'm I'm more offended by Windows <laughs> recently because <laughs> it Windows Mr. the other Apple, thing with Windows the the other thing with Windows is that it like it deteriorates over time. Oh yeah, and like it, you like, can watch it, it. It like it like eats itself alive slowly to the point where like this. I'm having I have we have so nothing to fear from so AI. Troubles. It will kill itself if it's from Microsoft. Exactly. I've I've had so many issues with this machine recently, and it's nothing to do with the machine. It's everything to do with that. This installation of Windows is now very nearly five years old. I'm actually it might be five years old. I built this computer either in 2018 or 2019. It's if it's not five years old, it's very nearly five years old, and it's no, just like sometimes it old. just slips up and freezes and dies and reboots or dies halfway through an update cycle or like my top right now right now my top two left and right monitors aren't working because the graphics drivers just decided that when those monitors are plugged in, the computer can't get past the login screen. Cool. How does that make sense? The funny thing is with all your <laughs> like, complaints, literally like as I was getting on here, I opened up my, like I turned on my computer, gigantic full screen. Hey, we have the new Windows 11 for you. And I had to like literally, since I have the ultra wide go like, Oh, there. There's the button where I say, no, I'd like to keep the operating system I currently have. Like, they had do it now, they had schedule it later, they had learn more, and the just keep things the way they are was a little tiny hyperlink down in the left corner. Which they, I I know they only have down there because some guy from their law like, office said, to. like, we have, required like, to. we have to put something there. But it's just funny to see them yeah. come up with, like, 40 years of, like, universal design language, like, in order to consistently have a good user experience. Here's, like, how you close out a window. Here's how you open up. Here's how you do this. Like, they've learned effective user practices. So when you hit something like that, and, like, the option to exit out isn't right where it should be, you know how intentional it is. Like, you know exactly how intentional it is because yeah. they have billions of yeah. dollars in research into how to make this as smooth and, like, user-friendly as possible. Yeah. And they're choosing not to do it. And it's not even that I have a problem with Windows 11 because I'm still on 10 on this machine. But all of my like satellite computers, my laptop, the other desktop over here, the torrenting laptop, like all the other machines, the the stupid SD card that I have in the deck, all of those are on Windows 11. It's fine, like it's it's great. The only reason I haven't upgraded this machine is because uh, like the Windows 11, any Windows upgrade process, upgrading from one OS to the next, it just ruins everything. For whatever reason, it just, I don't know why, they just can't do it. It performs worse, it breaks, it's, it's just miserable. I've never had good luck with that. Mm. So I prefer to wipe it clean and start fresh, but I have so much, mm -hmm. the tweaking, all of that stuff I'd have to redo on this machine, like my, especially my development environment. All the development environment stuff that I have set up on this machine, I'd have to redo, and it's going to be such a pain in the butt. So I've been trying to like coax this along to live a little bit more, but it you can just see it. It's it's like it, it just deteriorates for no. It's yeah. software. Well, so how yeah. does software deteriorate? But it just it does. <laughs> I I hate Windows, and this is just not it. These are just not issues that people with Macs. Oh, have. the only reason I'm switching to Windows 11 is because I'm replacing every single part you're starting fresh i'm, I'm new machine using my my machine within a couple days <laughs> uh, i'm bringing over literally two components <laughs> from the old machine to the new one because they're the yeah. only things in there that are newer than seven years old <laughs> uh now that zach's here i'm gonna go make <laughs> a drink. now that <laughs> i'm here you can make a drink well you arrived right as i finished my dinner and uh, my water but... 
I'm just updating yeah. my Steven Seagal ranked list right now, of course. Ooh, Born to Raise Hell, where's <laughs> that going to go? That's definitely a... It's like a mid-tier one star. What was, what was the Born to Raise movie Hell? that we watched last week? Uh, <laughs> that's another that? matter. Um, no, Born to Raise Hell was the one I was blindfolded <laughs> for. There's the the drug dealer, and he, but then like he's oh, cool right. with the one drug dealer, the drug producer or whatever. After that guy's that's family's killed. Right. So is right. that but see this is this is awful because I've watched oh, all these man. movies, but now was that better or worse than Shadow Man or Black Dawn or I don't fing or Kill Switch? I don't fing know. <laughs> Honestly, the one thing I will say is that the further and further we've gone on, I haven't rewatched Glimmer Man. I can't truly say I've reassessed it, but like Glimmer Man has gone up in my rankings as time has gone on. Like, I've grown to hate it less. If I go back and re-listen to the podcast episode, I know I'm roasting that movie. I know Glimmer Man was, like, my least favorite for a while. But, like, retroactively, I'm like, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, but... (laughs) You look back at a lot of those, like, early 2000s movies, and you're like, oh, those... I've... I wish we had those days back, because these are just Okay, I have to... Black Dawn was probably technically worse than Born to Raise Hell... But I think I have to put this below Black Dawn because I remember Black Dawn because it turns into Batman the Dark Knight for the last five minutes. Oh, that's the Black Dawn. Out for Dawn. a kill. Oh. I was sitting here trying to remember. No, right now I literally was. have Out for a Kill and Out of... Oh, Black Dawn was the Foreigner 2 Black Dawn. Um, I have Out for a Kill that's and right. Out of Reach right that next had to each other. To do oh with... my god. <laughs> Why did they do this to us? What is Shadow Man? Shadow Man is when he watermelon punches the dude, right? No. No, 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 no. no. He watermelon punches the dude. That's the one where his daughter, his his father-in-law was the bad guy that you find out at the end. And he watermelon punches him. Was that Out of Reach? Which one was that? No, Out of Reach was the um, pen pal one. Oh, wait, the watermelon punch one is when it was like the brand new special agency the, uh um that was mk ultra yeah, v2 MK ultra, it? and then nothing that has to do with mk <laughs> ultra okay okay this video yeah shadow man shadow, shadow man, man is when he watermelon punches the dude yes okay you said that so confidently yeah aaron we were not confident <laughs> any of these i'm like going i'm trying to add our recent watches to my ranked list but it's really hard this like ranked list is a lot harder than i thought it would be because i have to remember the other movies like in order to know where this mm. like born was born to raise hell better than out for a kill and was i have out for a kill better than out of reach is out no. for a kill still be- oh you say no oh is that what said? out for a kill was horrid that's all i remember about out for a kill? i have that as number 27 um, on my list right now it was bad uh, Y'all, you you should have been keeping rank lists this whole time because this is like, I no, I, I gave up. I don't think I could. I gave up. So I I'm honestly where Born to Raise Hell is right now. I'm just keeping it there, like gut instincts. <laughs> I haven't even. I don't think I have a, a letterbox review I past know, number like seven. Yeah, upsets me. I, I I gave up on I, those. I don't next think season. I could, if we're gonna, if next season's gonna be what I'm thinking, it's gonna be then I, I'll keep up with those. 
honestly. Neil Breen? <laughs> well, no. I well, Neil Breen, there's only but, six. You can keep uh, up with those. <laughs> I can, okay. Yeah, if it's a, like a mini season, I can keep up with the mini Okay, season, but yeah. hear me out. I think that would be a good, a good like, um, okay, transition, transitionary. We literally plug okay. our letterboxed profiles in the show notes of every single episode. Yeah, but at this point, I'm like, I think, I think at the very behind. least, you need to have your star ratings for all of them put in. Uh, okay. So even if they're not a proper you have the review, star rating for all of them. And that one, like, honestly, I'm, I hate to say okay. it. Just listen. To That's what you're gonna have to do. Is you're gonna have to go back and listen to the yeah, last ten episodes say, of every uh, ten minutes of every episode. I can do that. Oh, but could we do it? We don't put them in the. We it's kind of sporadic where they are in the episode. Yeah, it's usually in the last like ten we, to fifteen. Where minutes, where are all of the fans? Don't like the fans usually make a wiki and yeah. like keep a wiki updated? <laughs> where yeah, where's our fandom dot wiki uh, dot <laughs> Stephen C at all? Also, weirdly enough, marked for, <laughs> marked for Death has gone up in my rankings like over time. Oh. Yeah. Marked for Death. I was am like almost Jamaican nostalgic gangs about that Yeah, one, weirdly enough. It was super racist, like super bad. Really attacking. We didn't know what we had. But I like have a weird like. <laughs> I don't think we knew what I we had. somewhat at this point nostalgically remember like the texture of that film. Yeah. The one of the. There are a couple things that stuck with me from that movie. But one of the one of the only things was that he uh kicks Screwface in the chest and he falls down an elevator shaft yes. yeah. onto some rebar. Yes. Well that was one of the screw faces. Brutal. One He's of got the screw faces. Four eyes right? and two heads two, and two, two heads and four eyes. <laughs> what a crazy riddle. That was a tough one to crack. Okay, so now I have maximum <laughs> conviction on my rankings. Okay. Where's it fall? Um, right now it is number fourteen. Oh, I put right in the I middle. put it just under half past dead. So like the two like prison movies are. Yeah, there have been right. several. Prison but those movies. are like the two They're, prison yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah that's, that's those Neo are like Alcatraz and movies, not Guantanamo Bay, but Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> With the the execution chamber that is so advanced, that lets you choose your your method oh of execution. God. I just switched from like the list view to like this like poster view of my ranked list and seeing all these film oh, posters. No. Oh no! <laughs> this is wrong. But especially seeing like the new age scene, like the maximum conviction poster right next to Out for Justice, like old school Seagal, like is is wrong. Yeah. There definitely is a, there is a different style in posters. Like the poster art has evolved over oh. time. Yes. Yeah. You know what would be a really great game is if we took all of the posters from every movie and just oh, like blacked yes. out the name of the movie. Oh. And then you had to guess the name oh. of the movie. Oh, could you could we put that <laughs> up on the a website? Good one. <laughs> like it just pops up a poster and say, like, "Guess what this movie is." Just type <laughs> a name. You can click a button and see if you're yeah. right. That's a good. I like that. Like it just picks a random movie. Like I think we should both play that game with ourselves and then also like make that a game like on the websites. Yes. Except that would. Oh, we could do like a we could do a live stream event. Uh, I was gonna say that would have to be like one of the video play podcasts this game. Like, that they do on Spotify or whatever, so you can see it. We can pop it up on YouTube. Um... Is there a, a Steven C at all I, YouTube channel? I, I don't know how there could not be. I think they just give yeah. you one when you <laughs> log on to like Google Chrome for the first time. Well, we do have the, the Gmail. But then you have a YouTube account. Excuse me. 
Because uh, Google is also a walled garden. They just built the wall around the entire planet. On November 12th, I watched Killers of the Flower Moon and then The Secret Garden, which was a five-star movie and then a four-star movie. And then on November 15th, I watched I Maximum Conviction, of the Flower Man. which was, spoiler <laughs> alert, not a four-star or a five-star movie. I still need to see Killers of the Flower you, Moon. You, knowing you, you will think it's fantastic. You will I, love it. Yeah, I will. I will love it. I just watching the trailers. I will love this. So movie. yeah, we went and we saw Killers of the Flower Moon. Let me tell you, cinema is so back on the menu, my lads. Like I cannot mm. emphasize <laughs> how sumptuous of a meal this experience was. Because I've been worried. I've been very worried about cinema. Oh yeah, my friends. No, but like, so cinema like maybe is like dying. Like may not exist in the way that we would like it to and you know for all intents and purposes may die within the next year or so but like yeah it's just like university movie theaters yeah and imax showings and i don't want to be grim but like martin scorsese is like in his 80s now so much yeah. like later in his i assume we're towards the end of his career in life he puts out killers of the flower moon which I may mean, be a magnum opus he may be putting out his best thing maybe yeah. cinema's dying in the next like you know 10 years or so but like 2023 has been good for movies <laughs> like maybe we're getting some of our best <laughs> stuff like a year or two before it goes out i i'm i'm sad that you know this might be like the death throws that just happen to be particularly majestic but these death throws are throwing out oppenheimer so and depressing Barbie what you're talking about Impossible right now and haunted mansion not you oh, get the fuck out of here and killers of the flower moon <laughs> and was supposed to be dune like last weekend but that was delayed but we can still count that for 2023 if we want and napoleon sure. and you know bottoms sure why not uh, you're a fun I'm... little you know comedy Goodyear. So many good. I'm movies. a little more optimistic than than you are about this. I think we're in a, a pretty strong upswing, and I don't see that stopping. I don't People are rebelling I, against streaming services. Piracy is on the rise, right. which isn't necessarily yeah. great for movie theaters. I understand, but uh, like everybody hates Marvel because they've basically ruined the enterprise that they had by oversaturating it so which, much. Okay, I and also just not making very good. But movies I have a slightly life. different read on five to ten oh, well when you're working on five movies and three tv shows a year instead of one movie every two years mm -hmm. it's pretty hard to make but i have a quality stuff okay go for it oh give me your read on also cinema. wait did we just start the episode by the way <laughs> no okay, um well no, just on marvel specifically like yes everything you said is true it is oversaturated like Especially that it used to be, oh, you need to watch the Captain America movie and you need to watch the Iron Man movie so then you understand when Captain America and Iron Man like team up and like that's okay, that's fine because you're watching like like you said, like one movie every like year or two and then there's like the big team up movie of all of them. But I'm just thinking about like even the Marvels, which like you know, re realistically it's going to be like, you know, it's a mass audience movie. You don't really need to watch any movies going in, but they're expecting you to be bringing in like at least like a disney plus show like and a different movie actually two disney plus shows because two because you plus have shows. wandavision and miss marvel and like you know the last captain marvel movie and probably you know the two avengers movies like once the like tv shows became homework for the movies that's when i think it was all done but on the other end like like yes that's true but also like it is not normal for any trend in films to last like more than a decade like the movie musical like the cowboy yeah. movie like whatever the current like big blockbuster trend is the cowboy movie uh, musical. Th that's the next one 
but like it's it's <laughs> actually weirdly it's an anomaly how long Marvel's lasted. <laughs> like even if it like completely just falls off this yeah. year, it's lasted like the bubble burst later than it should have. This lasted longer than it should have. They didn't have their hello dolly. No. Well, I mean, maybe we've had maybe we're having just like three or four hello dollies like in a row here with like Ant Man and the Marvels and whatever comes out next. Just none of them have killed marvel movies and, successfully and enough like hello not... dolly killed the gigantic movie musical pretty effectively and the studios saw the writing but i think maybe this one, one said actually instead of a bubble bursting it's kind of just slowly just trickling out yeah i don't you're not wrong but i think it's because the way that we have consumed movies and tv shows has changed so consumed. drastically just over yeah. the past like 10 years that it has allowed that to happen it's allowed it to go on for longer than it probably should have but i don't i I don't see it lasting that much longer at the very least i don't see it lasting that much longer in the same way that well that's the thing like because it can't just be because because it can't just just be superhero movies you like have to give something else like the idea of just like the superhero movie is a safe investment for marvel that's gone i think like the last two or three movies yeah. have shown that that's just completely gone now marvel can still yeah. they still have like they are just an ip house with thousands of characters which is still valuable but like can't just be every character gets a 200 million dollar movie and it's going to make like eight no. hundred million plus no yeah especially um <laughs> they definitely can't get a 200 million dollar tv no. show that they throw up on disney plus and make zero dollars yeah hey by the way secret (laughs) invasion came out um i completely forget about that show like all the time but loki season two but i hear loki season two is actually pretty good i just bring up secret invasion i haven't heard anything i haven't heard much about it secret invasion i heard even less about but that one had like a 300 million dollar budget or something absurd (laughs) the only thing i know about secret invasion is that the the opening sequence was assisted by ai image generators i think the thing is though there are Maybe maybe I'm an outlier. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But it seems to me like there are an increasing number of people sort of like me where I, that's all I hear about. I hear Loki season two came out. It was really good. That's great to hear. Right. I'm not going to watch it. I liked season one. Like, you know, I, good. I didn't, wa- I didn't even watch season one. <laughs> I, that's not true. I watched the first episode because mm. my cousins were really into it and they told me that it was like a buddy cop show with Loki and Owen Wilson. I don't and know then if you after know what a buddy the, cop show is. After the first episode it wasn't yeah. anymore. And that was I I was I didn't care anymore. Yeah. That's what I wanted. The first episode was really funny. And then they told me, yeah, it's the not Hunts. like that the rest of the show. The and I was like, well then you I don't care. Spoiler alert for Loki season one, it becomes Loki trying to bang female Loki. <laughs> That's not interesting. But that's, but that's what it is. But that's the show. I don't like. I, that's the show. I wanted a buddy cop movie. I wanted a buddy cop show between Owen and Wilson and, Lo- and the guy who plays cool. Loki. What is is that? It's Hiddleston. Tom. What's his name? Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston. Yes, I wanted a buddy cop TV show between Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston. But they did. They ripped that out of my hands, and then I didn't care anymore. So now people might tell me Loki season two is really good. They spent three hundred million dollars on it. I'm not going to watch it. And I think there are an increasing number of people in that camp that is that people just don't care. Well, and like even like streaming TV shows, a lot of streaming TV shows are just either can't 
get it together at all or are really struggling to get off the ground. Like Amazon has just been swings and misses left and right every time they've tried to make well, a show. Well, that's because they don't, anytime they've tried to make a show that is based off of some kind of source material, it's a swing and a miss because they didn't follow the source material. Like not at all. Okay, wait, I will uh, say. Or they spent they do. like way too much money <laughs> I on did it. like yeah. Invincible. Yes, Invincible was well made. It was a little gross Oh, well, but, that, me, but that's, that's, that, that is, is the, the source, source yeah. material. That is the source. And I haven't really watched it. I hear people like the boys. So again, also, if it's just like gross, like inversion of too gross, they can. Yeah, we've been enjoying. um, (laughs) They can make gross. We've been enjoying Daisy Jones. Daisy Jones enough. Like that's been pretty fine. Like if we like the book. I don't know if I've even heard of that. I haven't heard of that. I really wanted to like Wheel of Time and I don't. We just I can't remember. Did did I tell you that we finished season two? (laughs) Yes. Oh, no. Uh, you told me that you were oh, one okay. episode we, away we from the end. I watched all of season one, and I was actually really into <sighs> it. I thought it was pretty great. But um, then Isabel and you and everybody else in the entire world who has read the books previously said, no, that was the, the awful. It was incredibly Horrible. stupid. And they lost their whole... <sighs> Like they lost their core audience of the people that knew what it was yeah. because a, a, I don't know this, but apparently it did not follow the source material at like all. at all. Like they skipped an entire city, <laughs> like just pretended it didn't exist, except it's like essential to everything past the first book. Um, and it comes up in the first book in a big way. Um, <laughs> and like, I, I don't know. And it, that's not even really what bothered me about it. Like season two didn't follow the book super closely, but it was better made in a lot of ways than season one. And then the final episode of season two, they just decided what's like a dumb way to finish this. <laughs> what's like, can we game so of Thrones this in two seasons instead of eight? Oh, that was <laughs> looking for a classic example of that happening although i think that's that was those were completely much... different that was a completely different situation game of thrones completely different situation was yeah. in like the golden age of prestige television and that was just right. because like the creators of the you had show, two directors that got greedy yeah they decided and no, 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 no. swap to star wars yeah, disney wants to give us like gigantic <laughs> buckets of money like we got to wrap this up as quick as we can and yeah. everyone's like please don't please don't do that <laughs> please don't isn't it isn't it crazy how you have the the rewatch mm, what would you call it the rewatch i can't think of the word it's not market mm-hmm. the the amount of people that rewatch their favorite Community. tv shows over and over and over again and continue to talk about them is massive the people that still just watch the office is like a comfort oh, show you literally just literally on repeat exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> um i've seen star trek the next is, generation at least three or four times through the entire thing exactly and that sh- like game of thrones should have had that treatment. oh yeah like the it it absolutely should have people going back and rewatching it and still talking about it but because they screwed up that ending so so spectacularly no one does no one rewatches it no one talks about it the only thing people talk about it uh, the only thing people talk about about it is how bad they screwed up the ending <laughs> it's just it's crazy <laughs> You know, you know, it's not often that you see something like collapse that magnificently right before your eyes, like built up so strongly, You're just right. to immediately fall like they'll over. talk about it in film schools. I know they will. <laughs> like when you talk about if you're gonna sell out for millions of dollars, you better be prepared for the fan backlash. Yeah, like when they talk about story structure. Like I hope they're talking about Game of Thrones, the TV show, in uh, 
in film schools and Actually, stuff about how not to structure a story. You know, it would be very funny. I'm just picturing, like, the professor, what? like, because every, you always see, like, news stories about this, like, oh, this college has a class on, like, South Park or whatever. Like, every college, like, ends up just making, yeah. like, one or two, like, just kind of purely fun classes. So then, like, maybe they can get, like, news coverage, like, free publicity. And then, you know, get also just yeah. give the students, like, a nice easy elective, like, every now and again, just as a solid. I guarantee there had to, like, I'm just picturing the poor professor that was teaching like just like the fun game of thrones class like oh go to wesleyan and then you know they take the class on like you know game of thrones whatever and like having to retool like you know film you know 201 uh, two, it won't be 201 film like you know 213 like how game of thrones perfectly struck is perfectly structured to tell an amazing story <laughs> and just having to scribble out <laughs> half the syllabus and having to be like how game of thrones ruined a perfectly good story at the end like how to not do story structure game of thrones like that a completely yeah. pivot the, like, like intention of yeah. that class but I think Game of Thrones can be useful as like a contrast to like why that failed and why Marvel movies are failing are it's completely mm-hmm. different. I think it's oh, a completely absolutely. different problem. Uh, yeah, and that Game of like, Thrones could have sure. run Game for of like Thrones, five more years yeah. and people would have been totally happy with it. And Marvel were like, okay, we're we're kind of yes, we're, we're kind of reaching our limit. We're kind of good on this. Yeah, Game of Thrones is the show that got impatient with itself and just kind of tried to get to the end as quickly as it could, but it it didn't have enough setup to give you any sort of, like there was no satisfying ending to the story at that point. You couldn't end the story that quickly and it make any sense, no matter what you chose. Uh, like people make their fan edits and stuff and they're all unsatisfying because there just wasn't enough material there for the kind of story that it was telling. Marvel has the opposite problem. You told a satisfying story like eight movies ago. And they said, hey, you know how this was like the big conclusion we were building up to ever since like you were literally in middle school and like this whole epic saga has concluded. Uh, actually, this Spider-Man movie is also still part of that saga. And then... Um, <laughs> You want the another... saga continues with a new bad guy oh, out of nowhere then, for no reason. Want... And also, the main bad guy for the next saga was introduced at the end of Loki season one. So if you don't watch this Disney Plus show, you don't know the main villain, like the Thanos of this arc. <laughs> um, and then, and then uh, he was like elaborated on in Ant Man. Uh, Ant Man does Ant Man <laughs> going to bring you back to theaters? No, Ant Man was like the comfort movie between arcs. Ant-Man 1 was like, oh, this was like pretty fun. It was kind of like a little bit different. And like, you yeah. know, I really would have really nice. liked to see like the Edgar Wright version. But like, this is okay. Ant-Man 2 was, oh, that <laughs> happened, I guess. Okay. And then, and then Ant-Man 3 was like, let's introduce to movie audiences our main villain for the... No. Don't do that in Ant-Man 3. No. I don't care. Don't do that in the Paul Rudd and, <laughs> and Evangeline Lilly movie. That's not the place. I don't care. And definitely don't do it in a TV show. Oh, my gosh. I, I will be honest. Probably out of all of the TV shows I've seen so far, Loki season one was probably my favorite. But there's yeah. a curse of Marvel <laughs> TV shows where they have, even if like the show itself is pretty good, they have absolutely like tier endings. Like, out of, like, the four or five I've watched. Yeah, WandaVision is the perfect Ugh. example of that. Well, I'm like, like, hey, I'm interested I think in this. This is pretty solid. Yeah, WandaVision had the highest highs and then just ended on, like, in the dumbest way they could. It's the same thing with Loki. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, oh, they're building to this yeah, whole ending. They're going to get here. Ever. And then they get there. And I'm like, oh, that's that's it. No. If the big reveal of, like, if you're teasing a guy and at the big reveal, the end of reveal is, wait, who is this guy? Then that's not a very good reveal. Yeah. <laughs> like oh it's a new guy we never huh 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 what all have i watched we watched 
Miss Marvel. That was uh, fine. Um, I watched Ahsoka. Oh, how is Ahsoka? Eh. Oh. <laughs> like. Uh, <laughs> they did that dumb new Star Wars thing. It's just like the epitome of what we're talking about. Like. Eh. <laughs> Oh, I watched this new show. How was it? Yeah. Okay, well, I'm not going to watch it then. <laughs> like, they did this dumb thing, which I say it's a new Star Wars thing. It's actually just a very Star Wars thing, except that you had to have read a book to know mm. that it's actually old Star Wars as well, where they just, like, <laughs> introduce a new concept in the third act. Ah, uh, okay. Which, if you want to talk about, like, how to write a story 101, don't introduce new concepts in the third act. <laughs> third act is for resolution if you're introducing set up and pay yeah off. if you're re- introducing new ideas in the third act that's not the third act it feels like it's out of the blue uh so like when the main antagonist of your tv show gets a, a flaming sword from the space witches and she says the name <laughs> of the sword as if i'm supposed to know what that is and suddenly she can do kung fu, even though you've never seen her in a fight scene the entire show. <laughs> it feels out of place. And like you don't actually care about what's going on. You're just making it up as you go. Even if that was the plan from the beginning, at no point did you tell the audience that. And so it felt completely out of the blue. And it just kind of ruined it's the just whole to sound... like, momentum. It didn't make any sense. It's starting to sound a lot like a Steven uh-huh. Seagal movie. Yeah. Oh. Well, and so for, like, I know we've talked about this before, how like... Mandalorian season one is really fun because if you've like never seen any Star Wars, you can still enjoy Mandalorian season one. And there's some funny Easter eggs for the fans there, yeah. but you don't have to have seen anything. What I get the feeling that for Ahsoka, you have to. Well, first of all, a you had to have seen all of Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett because. Oh, um, yeah. But should I assume there's also like some kind of like Star Wars Clone Wars, Star Wars Rebels stuff you had to watch there? They make absolutely no effort to explain to you who any of these people are. So you you have to be intimately familiar with Glup Shadow in order to understand like yes. what's going on. <laughs> you had to have read like the, the fanfic. Like it's ridiculous how much they expect you to know for this show to make any sense. Like the I'm just I'm going to spoil the main premise of sure. the Ahsoka show is that Do it. Uh, everyone is on this mission to rescue. So there are two people who are in a distant galaxy. It's Thrawn and Ezra Bridger. That's some Star Wars Rebels stuff that I'm not familiar with. Yes. So unless you've watched Star Wars Rebels and read Heir to the Empire, a three-part novel series, it's not going to make a whole lot of sense to you. (laughs) You will at least know who the characters are if you watched like the Rebels cartoon, which was, I know some people really love that show. Good for you. It's just okay. (laughs) Like it's pretty good. It's not very good. Uh, they took the Clone Wars and made it more kiddish, and it didn't really work for me. Uh, but they just like assume that you know and care about Ezra. See, because that was what uh, happened at. I want to say it was Adam Mandalorian season two. I know, like, it was in one. We haven't watched Mandalorian, Mandalorian season three yet, so it had to have been in like season two of Book of Boba Fett. But I remember yeah. that being like, you have the scene with Ahsoka where like she teams up with Mandalorian for a bit, you know, like, well, you help me, I help yeah. you. And she gets to this, you know, the bad person at the end that she's been trying to get to all episode. And it's, and she goes, 
where's Thrawn? Like, that's the big reveal. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. And then, But, like, the thing is, I'm sitting, I'm watching it with my wife, Sarah, who, like, she's seen the Star Wars movies, but, like, if you're yeah. talking animated series or books or whatever, no. <laughs> so it's like, where's, no. where's Thrawn? And I'm, like, trying to explain, like, there's this why this guy. is a reveal. I'm like, no, but he's, like, the smartest, <laughs> most evilest guy ever. And she's like, and, and, he's, and he's not in any of the movies. I'm like, no, he's not in any of the movies. He's, but he's like really smart and really evil. You got to trust me. And Ahsoka really doesn't like it. Like, this is a reveal. Yeah. She, he just, she said the word Thrawn, which is, you don't even, if you don't know the character exists, you don't even know his name. Like, no. I'm like, no, trust me. This it is could a be big a, deal. A, it could be a, like a space. It could be another Death Star right. for all you know. Like it doesn't. Thrawn. Uh, sure. It's meaningless. Meaningless. And that I think that is the problem with both Star Wars and Marvel is just like, and I, this is not a new observation at all, but everything that you need to understand what's going on and pick a piece of media, pick a random you know piece of Star Wars or Marvel media, uh, and everything that you need to understand it feels like homework. Yeah. And the payoff for doing that homework is not very high. <laughs> <laughs> entertainment should not it's be not when they it. have a nice reference in there that if <laughs> you're a fan not. and you get it and you get extra satisfaction from that cool but if it's like literally what like the entire like narrative arc hinges on like yeah if they were like a background character who mentioned how they were affected by something that ezra did oh, i'd be like oh, okay, okay cool. nice little reference in there yeah or like you know thrawn did terrible things to you know destroy my village oh, okay cool oh, he's a bad guy i okay. get it if i've never read anything else i understand yeah. he's a bad guy but if I have read stuff, I'm like, oh, I know who Thrawn is. I know what that is. I know how he fits into the story and how this could happen. But if I don't know who it is, like, I still get the gist of what's going on. It's like, uh, this is also not a new observation, but it's um, in, like, the remake of Star Trek II with Benedict Cumberbatch that every, like, the creators of the movie promised it, it wasn't going to be Wrath of Khan. It's not Wrath of Khan. Uh, and then Benedict Cumberbatch looks into the camera and says, I am Khan. And it's like this big dramatic reveal, except that literally no one in the room knows what that word means. There's no reason for anyone to care what that means. It only matters if you watch this ancient Star Wars, the Star Trek, sorry, Trekkies, uh, Star Trek movie. <laughs> like that, it, it doesn't work within the piece of media. It only works as a metatextual comment. Metatext works best when it actually belongs in the text. And let me tell you having the homework's bad enough but whenever the homework is literally like different medium when you have yeah. like in order to understand this movie you have to watch this live action show in order to watch this live action show you have to watch this animated show like the one thing i will say you can have we can have critiques of disney star wars live action films like theatrical films mm -hmm. but they don't do that which is actually yeah. very nice they don't do that that's true the movies they don't do that. very they require very little of you to actually get like they don't do the same thing marvel does they don't do the same thing that even star wars tv shows do you can just go to a Star Wars movie and you know, and here's the best part. You don't even have to watch Star Wars Episode 7 to get Star Wars Episode 9 because they give you a little, little uh, uh, what's it called? A little cliff <laughs> notes at the beginning. The beginning. There's a little scroll in text. Yeah. Here's what you need to know. And then you watch it. And you're like, oh. You get a paragraph or two about that what was, Star uh, Wars is. And then you That was everything the I needed to know. I could jump from having watched no Star Wars to watching Episode 9 and be like, oh, okay. They, they told me in the little yeah. text thing. I, I, I know how to read. I'm good. Just pick a random one and watch it. <laughs> Truly. Truly. Uh, should we actually talk about the movie that we came here to talk about? Whose episode is this? Your 
this actually, I think. Is it mine? <laughs> Is it? Okay, let's clap. Let's <laughs> actually, speaking of, um, how's the episode edit for this week, Aaron? Uh, it's coming along. I do have to edit out your heavy breathing throughout the entire episode. Why am I heavy breathing throughout the whole episode? I don't know. <laughs> well, now I'm self-conscious. I don't know if you were just like standing closer to the mic than usual or something, but there's just like this heavy Zach breathing throughout the whole episode that I'm really hoping... Uh, the uh, noise reduction will help out on. I mean, if you need to, you can like, you do like just the general noise reduction for silence. And then you could also just like go back, take a yeah. snippet of like, if you hear a breath, like yeah. try it again, like just for that yeah. specific noise. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, we can, we can clap in and I will try to okay, breathe ready? this episode. Are we ready? <laughs> yeah. Breathe less. But you can't check your six. It's kind of like, you know, taking a screwdriver to a gunfight. What's happening? Just like old Tom Tom. Hello and welcome to Steven See It All episode. I think this is 35. <laughs> yeah, 35. Uh, I'm Aaron. I'm Zach. Did we lose Hans? We lost I can't Hans. Hear Hans anymore. Oh my god. Oh, I was muted because I'm an idiot. <laughs> so who are you? Who are you? Cut that all right yeah. there. Keep it in. Okay. I am Hans. Okay, great. And today we are talking about the uh Stephen C. at all led film Maximum Conviction starring uh Steven Seagal, not Stephen C. at all. Uh, Steven Seagal and Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> Steven Steve. And <laughs> the first thing the first thing that I want to say about this movie is that this movie thinks that you are, you, yes, you, listener, are an idiot. I mean, to be fair, if you're watching it, you probably are, so is that a fair assumption? It thinks you are the biggest dum-dum. They're probably onto something, given who would be watching this movie. At every moment, every character Us? is explaining what they are doing and explaining what they are about to do. That is the pretty much the only dialogue throughout the entire movie is just people saying, I'm going to go do this now for this reason. And then they go off and do that thing. And that's the whole movie. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, much. maybe they're actually, maybe they don't assume that you're dumb. Maybe the problem is that they're like responding to our criticism. Maybe they heard what we said about the past movies and we're like, this character just does this for no reason. Like, why is he, he and then people, <laughs> he just walks around and does this and it doesn't matter. And they said, well, okay, we're going to have them tell you why they're doing the thing and then do the thing. Maybe they're making a point. Uh, yeah. And you know what? It's Maybe still it's a direct didn't response matter. to us. Hey, hey, you know what's worse? <laughs> you know what's worse than tell don't show? Tell and show. Just tell and tell and tell <laughs> and maybe show. It it's worse. I didn't think it would be, but it is. Uh so the actual <laughs> plot of this movie is that there's a maximum security black site prison in the middle of like a town. Like it's across the street from like some houses. Just like an Arby's next door. Yeah. Like, it, it can't be a black site because it's, it's like, in the middle of a town. Like, there's a they show line. aerial views of it. Yeah, they show aerial views of it. It's just it's like a like prison right in a city. Uh, like, in a city. And there's like a line where somebody asks Seagal, Are the cops going to come and help us? And Seagal's like, The cops don't know this place exists. How? I was thinking about that the How? entire time. Like, 
they're they're so close you're gonna be able to hear the gunfire yes. and it's just like the the rookie goes up to the sergeant or whoever and says like should we go investigate that and they say no that uh that, that place exist. doesn't exist mm-hmm. we don't worry about that place no 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 <laughs> see those uh those giant guard towers and all the helicopters <laughs> flying around that and the giant transport trucks and doesn't exist right off the bat it's a figment so, of your imagination like... <laughs> It's so stupid. So I, uh, Seagal plays a private contractor mercenary guy who has a team that includes Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, I'm going to say it that way every single time. And uh, so they are part of a squad of mercenaries <laughs> who are brought in to decommission this black site prison. I don't know why you would hire mercenaries to do that, but okay, fine, whatever. Uh, Two guys. Decommission an entire site. The night before it it is supposed to be decommissioned, Seagal inexplicably (laughs) admits two more prisoners. Two women. And the next morning, as they're like trying to pack everything up to decommission the black site, the pencil pusher, like, uh, think of like EPA agent from Ghostbusters. (laughs) <laughs> like he's supposed to be like this bureaucrat who gets in the way of everything comes up and makes the very valid point Seagal we're trying to decommission this place why did you admit two new prisoners yesterday there was <laughs> and you just put them in a cell block that doesn't have anybody else in it we had to reopen an entire cell block for these two people what are you doing this doesn't make any sense uh, to which he responds oh you pencil pushers you don't understand what's going on like we had to do it this way <laughs> to which I thought no the only reason that this happened was so that the movie could happen so that like they wouldn't be in the general cell block with everybody else that's that is the only reason right for this to have happened and the pencil pusher made a very valid point that this makes he looked at the camera and said this doesn't make any sense and Seagal said shut up and the pencil and that was the and the pencil uh, pusher is surprisingly nice. The only like punishment is that he yes. says you two are in charge of these two prisoners. Like you can't leave as long as they're here. You're in charge of what we're seeing them, which is like, yeah, yeah, that's pretty reasonable. That's really nice of him to do. <laughs> he could have actually had them yeah. like court martial or something. I'm sure. Like we're fired. Like they're contractors. It's whatever. But he's just like, oh, they're contractors working on a black site. Like CIA we're explicitly prison, moving like... prisoners from here to another prison, and you put these two prisoners in the prison we're moving out of. So just you can't leave until they're gone. <laughs> like you have to watch over them. They're your responsibility, and they just make such a grumble about this. They're like, oh, we just want to go home, and why we got to work this night shift is bull, bull crap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then apparently they have to move all the garbage out. <laughs> Yeah, it's also garbage day. uh, It's also garbage day, apparently. Garbage day? It's a Friday, (laughs) and it's garbage day. Apparently, Friday is garbage day here. Zach didn't even react to that. Uh, And so, the one clever thing, and it's not even that clever that this movie does, the garbage disposal company that comes in to remove the garbage from this black site prison, because apparently you can just hire, like, the local... You know, municipal garbage company to do that. It's called Troy Disposal. And the garbage truck is, get this, it's a Trojan horse. There's like a SWAT team in the back of the garbage truck coming onto <laughs> this prison site. And so they hang out there for a while until they're like these bad guys. And I don't know if it's ever super clear who the bad guys are. Sometimes they say they're working with, they, they are the CIA. 
And sometimes they're like independent and they're like selling information to somebody else and making money off of it. If they are the CIA, because some of them are CIA operatives. If they are the CIA, they don't have to fake all this stuff. They don't have to send a Trojan horse and like fake U.S. marshals. They can just say, hi, I'm agent. Who cares from the CIA? Give me these two people from this black site prison owned and operated by the CIA. We already own this. There is no reason for this movie to happen. Uh, so they send in some fake U.S. marshals as well to request these well, two prisoners. And they have the SWAT team in the in the garbage truck as backup. And then... Can I? I'm sorry. Yeah, I just no, have to. In. I have to. I'm really sorry. But they do. They have that paperwork. Mm-hmm. The, the mar- I guess they aren't from the CIA. Those ones they don't say they're from the CIA. They're, say they're so U.S. marshals. Let's. Yes, they say they're U.S. marshals, and they're coming there for the prisoner transport, which all of the people on guard at this black site are waiting on. Yeah. Because once the prisoner transport arrives, they transport the remaining six six people including the two new prisoners yeah transport them away and then they can all go home because the site will have been shut down so they're waiting on this the guys come they present valid paperwork for not just the two prisoners real paperwork right real paperwork for just the two prisoners and every single person on the site proceeds to tell them no what are you trying to pull you're not allowed to actually transport these people the guy who authorized that yeah, and in the end, the only person who can sign for it is Seagal, who has mysteriously left to yeah, go to a bar. Not the warden of the prison. They go to the warden of the prison. The warden says, "Actually, no, I can't sign this. Instead, this some co- subcontractor, only he can sign this out." Right. For no reason. And and then it is revealed that they are not marshals. They're here to Yeah, and the place. Seagal decided to go to a cigar bar with his mercenary buddies. During like, this, for, and super for no other reason than to dis- decommissioning a prison with the two prisoners, he needs to watch over. He just bounces, and he was right. specifically told he's not allowed to leave until they're out. Right, uh, but whatever. it is the most. I, uh, <laughs> I'm so mad. I'm so uh, but mad. anyways, uh, just some of the <laughs> most boring gunplay you can think of takes place over the next hour and twenty minutes. And. <laughs> that's really that's true like it's literally it's like call of duty level like map design here for these for these shootouts it's just like chest high crates and tall barrels for you to like hide behind uh and then you pop out and fire a few shots and then get back behind your crate or barrel and then you pop out and you fire a few shots and you get back behind uh and it's it's very 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 boring it is the jangling keys of action movies. But Aaron, can you tell yes. us what is the big deal with these two prisoners that Seagal has just brought in? Yes. So um, <laughs> one of them is like an info mule. So she has an implant in her body, which is, of course, directly under her breast. Uh, of course. Which Where is else would it be? A, a small uh, data storage device, which is powered by the electrical current of her nervous system so that if she dies, it turns off and wipes all the data on there. And so these CIA question mark people need to recover that, but they have to do it without killing her because if she dies, all the data is lost. And they're trying to sell that data for a bunch of money. Even though at the end of the movie, they already have the money, even though they haven't recovered (laughs) the data, but whatever. 
That's the data is the bank codes. Okay, the data is the bank codes. To access the money. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. $200 million. The other prisoner is a CIA operative who's on the team of the people who are, like, trying to get her out of the prison. And so they're, like, they're trying to get lady number one with the implant out alive so they can download the codes and get all the money, which the main bad guy refers to as pre-washed money which is not how money laundering works that is there is no such thing as pre-laundered money but it's super secret cia you know boob intel so you know pre-washed you can't just spend millions of dollars and not have the irs the most reliable government organization not look into that or not have the cia who is in charge of this money yes wondering where that the cia goes. will wonder where did our millions of dollars go um <laughs> Because there are only two reliable government organizations, the IRS and the U.S. Postal Service. Uh, and then it really, it just continues and continues and continues and drags on. Uh, and it's just like staging really boring gunfights until the very end where, of course, Seagal has a fist fight with the last bad guy who's one of the fake U.S. Marshals in which he beats them up with his bare hands after they both agreed to take off their bulletproof vests for no reason. Uh, and then he throws them through a doorway a show of good faith. filled with trip mines, which you can obviously see the lasers on these trip mines. Like they're visible lasers, very easily avoidable. Like sometimes they'll put down a trip mine and the laser will be like pointing directly into the door jam. And like the trippable part of the laser is like a few inches long. You would, you would have to <laughs> intend to break the laser to set off the mine. Okay, but the, uh, but anyway, the very visible red trip mines, mines do basically make this movie a Metroidvania, which is pretty fun. Like, ah, I need yeah. the suit upgrade before I can walk through this. Yeah, uh, so he throws the guy through the doorway, he explodes, and then uh, secret underboob data lady inexplicably decides to just join up with Seagal and they ride off into the sunset, apparently in love. And then Seagal tells Stone Cold Steve Austin. Steve Austin. <laughs> To meet him in some place because they're going to get together for an, another and mission. They're, and, they're, and they're splitting the money, just the two of them. Oh, yeah. Well, and Seagal uh, yeah, takes so... the money at the end. <laughs> he, t- he takes the codes for the $200 million. It goes up to Stone Cold Steve Austin and says, So listen, I got this, uh, I got this uh, money, $200 million, and I'm going to give you half of it. What are you going to do with it? <laughs> stupid meanwhile his like mercenary buddies the people that he brought there to help break to help get the prison back under control they don't get anything they're just loading up the car in the back they're literally loading up the car in the background they don't even hear this conversation seagal says i'm gonna take a hundred million dollars i'm gonna give half of it to uh saint jude's children hospital and then i think the other half i don't remember what he said it was something stupid i'll have fun with it that's what it was (laughs) it was like just so you know, his character's a good guy. Now, that's not what Steven Seagal, the human being, would do with that much money. But, but, like, but that's what he wants you no, to believe he would at do. At the end of the movie, the bad, guy, the, bad guy, the bad guy literally says, we're not so different, you and oh my I. God, he, does, he does do the we're not so different thing. Oh, my God. I about lost <laughs> and my And then shows... Sh- I, like... <laughs> I lost it. And he shows Proceeds him the money. to tell him exactly all how they're different. Yes, and then he says, like, this is the device that will give you free money. 
It's pre-washed, untraceable. So that's not how money works at all. Whatever. Uh, And he says, I will split it with you if you just let me walk out of here. And Seagal says no and blows him up and just takes all the money instead. Because apparently that's what good guys do. (laughs) Not so different. I I cannot tell you, honestly, how, like... (laughs) The, the emotions I felt when verbate, nearly verbatim, the bad guy says, we're not so different, you and I. I reiterate, this movie thinks you are a big, dumb idiot. It's, it's true. It's very true. Very accurate. He does say, though, I am the bad... Like it, It's the same thing as what you said. They, they talk. They say exactly what they're doing. He says out loud, I am the bad guy. Seagal says out loud, and I am the good guy. And then yes. they proceed to talk about how they're different from one each one another after he says, we're not so different, you and I. And then Seagal just takes all the money after killing the bad guy. Yes. So they really aren't that different after all. And you're supposed to come away from this thinking that Seagal is redeemed No, you're not supposed to come way. away from this thinking at all. Any thought <sighs> immediately no. renders it completely invalid. No, the movie Dude, tells I... you at every beat <sighs> what to think and what is going on and what will happen. Like, the most egregious example of it is there's one of the prison guards she's holding a rifle and she says i will come with you and if we hit trouble i will lay down covering fire <laughs> and buy you a little time <laughs> and buy you a little time yep. and then she proceeds to lay down covering fire and buy Seagal time and then die <laughs> because this movie thinks you are a big dumb idiot and again, it's completely unprompted. They're just like standing in a hallway and she says, if they come after you, I'll provide cover. Like she just rambles that off. They're yeah. not forming yeah, well, tactics. And, and she just says that. No. She wasn't part of his team either. No. She was one of the one of the black site prison guards. She has no connection to Seagal, but of course he automatically assumes the role of leader in all of their minds. Yes. Even though he is a military contractor and she is an actual military personnel, <laughs> actually works here. But because Seagal is in the room, he's in charge. Which, speaking of Seagal, the military contractor, this is, I think, the first time he's like talked down his past accomplishments. It's still in a, it's still yeah. in a very Stephen Seagal way. Okay, well, it's still in a very Stephen Seagal way. But the bad not, guy says like, oh, oh yeah. so you're like, you know, some kind of high ops, like you know, CIA, like you know, crazy, amazing guy. And he's like, oh, I was like just Marines. I was just Marines special. Yes. Forces. <laughs> it's still in the Seagal hallway. He's still like the. I'm sure he has trophies for being the greatest marine that ever lived. Literally, the inspiration for every man who joins the SWAT. <laughs> yes, but like this is, I think, the first time someone said like, "You're like some crazy special operative, aren't you?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm just a marine special forces." No, like, oh, a humble marine special yes, forces. Yes, we stand. <laughs> yeah. Goodness gracious. Um. So let's just real quick. Yeah. I I've. You kind of covered it, but I feel like we need to set the scene here because Paint the word you open picture. up on this movie. Let us into Yeah, you, you open up with the movie and the bad, like the good guys, all of the prison guards are just, you know, derping around the prison doing whatever, just waiting for them, waiting for their shift to be over so they can get the heck out of there. You have the Trojan horse, the dump truck that's trying to offload trash. Stone Cold Steve Austin's trying to fix it. it right. Stone it Cold broken. Steve Austin. Stone, I'm sorry. <laughs> he's trying to fix it because the driver who's in on the heist is like he can't leave because it's broken whatever yeah. it doesn't matter so you have the guys inside the dump truck they're the trojan horse you have the marshals who uh, have a legitimate request to transport two prisoners and are turned down and then they turn on the warden and chop off his finger for no reason um then you have 
the uh, other prisoner, the, the second female prisoner who Seagal inexplicably captured at the same time as the female prisoner who has like the data, then they're like stored together. She is also on their side. So you have three angles and, and a, a multitude of people, just yeah. tons and tons of people. And they start out by completely taking over the prison. Yes. Like they have every angle covered. They have the guard shack under under control. They take the warden there, get his password, so they have access to the entire every prison. Every door, every light. Exactly. They have complete control of a government black site facility from three different angles. And then <laughs> they proceed to just not do anything with that at all. No, they just at one point let in the movie, Seagal... Yeah, Seagal just walks into the control room. The door's not even locked. No, they left! They just left! The, they, I... they go into the control room. They use the warden's fingerprint to unlock all the controls so that they can control every door. Do nothing with it. Leave. Leave the door unlocked. Seagal walks in and then yep. proceeds to lock all the doors, uh, including his own men, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but... <laughs> Like, he traps his own men in a certain part of the prison. Uh, and they have to find a new way out. Yeah. yeah. To be fair, the but, only uh, way to counteract uh, an, a bad guy idiot is with a good guy idiot. I guess so. <laughs> but that's the whole thing. Like, they, they're, they're supposed to be these... They, you're, they, you are set up to believe that... I don't know, we're in a Seagal movie. I'm thinking way too deep into this. I understand that. But you're set up to see that this is an incredibly, like, well-run takeover attempt of a black site prison where you have the same gang coming in from three different angles just to get this one person out of the prison and they have complete control of the prison after like 20 minutes into the movie and then for the next about 50 minutes they don't do anything with that None. they they just completely allow Seagal to walk in the front door they allow Seagal's uh buddies his uh, team that came back from the Scar Lounge, <laughs> they allow them to walk in the back door. They allow Stone Cold Steve Austin to just run rampant behind the scenes. Who is the star of this movie? Yes. Seagal but gets they to just kill the final bad guy, but Stone Cold is like the actual <laughs> star you, of the movie. You see more of him. He has more screen time than Seagal. Well, and if you look really through his funny. filmography, this kicks off a, a huge line of Seagal like action movies. Yeah. For him. It's just it's so absurd and it made me it's the same thing with all of these movies. It just made me so angry because I I know that it's a Seagal movie. I know that it's complete I know that. But in the back of my head I'm thinking like you actually had something here. You you had a, a story you had a setup a, an actual successful setup where it's a, a genuine threat of some kind. Like that, we don't get that that often. It's there was a real a threat prison. here. It is Which was under siege in a prison, but there was like a real threat here, and then they just threw <laughs> it away. They just threw it away like it was nothing, yeah. and they let Seagal and his team and Stone Cold Steve Austin just run around behind the scenes and take out all of their men one by one by one by one instead of locking doors or checking cameras or doing anything with any of the information that they had. They just let them kill them. And then let him take back their the the prisoner that they were trying to steal. Like it, it it's just, like they it were apologizing. So oh, I'm sorry, oh, Mr. Sigal. Oh, really we, we made this too difficult. I right, let me let me do a quick right? monologue yeah. and then let you have like a cool. Let, let, let me kill you in like a gory way. Yeah, 
It was just so because in the first you the setup, the setup was actually decent. Like I was I was sitting here thinking like this is weirdly high quality. We haven't seen this in well, a while. And it was okay. Like it was okay. And we, then they yeah. just threw it in the trash. I think we need to talk about where this is in Seagal's career. So this is his first movie after Machete, correct? Yes. I it's a little fuzzy because and the last been... one was the first one to release after Machete, but we don't know when they were like made. Yeah, so he so made this, this is the first one that's definitely been made after Machete. Yeah, so he made Machete and Born to Raise Hell the same year. Then he took t- a two-year hiatus from movies and made a TV show. Steven Seagal, Lawman. <laughs> lawman. <laughs> and so he comes back from that, and I was thinking maybe he learned something from Machete, like the first decent film we've seen this entire time. And the answer to that question was a very powerful absolutely not. <laughs> Without a shadow of a doubt. No, learned nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. In fact, I think he did learn something and then actively chose to reject those things. It's amazing how strong... It's such a strong return to form for Seagal that it's a new form. Like, it, it feels different. It, it really is. It's the Seagal formula distilled <laughs> in the distilled. worst way. <laughs> I hate this Distilled. movie. Half a star. Oh, oh, it's so bad. I don't think this is as bad as um, what was what was number three for me? It was recent for for like your bottom. It didn't three? take the cake from submerged. Yeah, it, it was it was it sat was solely it in third place. In I can't hospital, remember what it was. Uh, um, against the dark. Was it? I don't think it was against the dark. Was it a dangerous man? I can't was remember. Was it the keeper? It, I, no, I think it was the keeper. It was the keeper because we had the bodyguard. We <laughs> the bodyguard because the there was uh, the first twenty minutes of the movie was an entirely different movie that yes. was on a a, a a huge scale of magnitude better than what we got, <laughs> and they they stole that from us. Yeah. So that ended up being number three. I don't think this movie takes number three, but I am almost positive that it sits very comfortably at number four this is my because this is my most hated seagull movie really i th- more this than is, ticker this is worse than ticker for me really really yeah. yes wow, i've seen ticker twice yes <laughs> you're the only i guess you would be the one qualified to say that i can't believe yes this this one Can takes you... the cake for me so you know why I'm angry. Yeah. Why does this take the cake from uh, Ticker? Ticker was incompetent. This movie hates me. <laughs> I can't believe I'm the most positive on this one. This movie goes out of its way to look down on its audience. It has zero confidence in its audience to understand anything. That's right. I just thought this was so <laughs> I was insulted by this and movie. forgettable that I can't even get that mad about it. I and that's I my positive review of Maximum <laughs> Conviction. <laughs> Half a star. So, if I could get it less, I would. You can give it zero stars. I guess. Letterbox won't let you do that, but like you can do that if you. No, I have to give it at least half a star because Letterbox won't let me give it less than that. You haven't even posted the last like thirty movies on Letterbox anyway. Do what you want to do. If I, the official Steven C at all rating is zero stars. Oh, but the, the letterbox, uh, letterbox rating is half a star by huh. necessity. 
No, I mean, when I saw Maximum Conviction, Maximum Security, Maximum Firepower, to use its full title, starring Steven Seagal and Stone Cold Steve Austin, I thought, I, sure, like, this is so, like, I'm forgetting the movie as I'm watching it, but it was like (laughs) a one and a half star, like, this exists. It still has, like, you know, gross misogyny in it, but, like, not nearly as bad as we've seen within the last, like, three or four movies. Like, it still has, like, poorly paced action and, like, you know, very uninteresting to watch, you know, cinema uh, gunfights. But, like, it, it didn't offend me to nearly as, as high of a degree. It has a rape gang. It does, but in this, which we should give a disclaimer for this one. <laughs> yeah. But, like, yeah, this is, again, how these movies are great on a curved where we just recently had to watch a movie that for, you know, just gratuitous, absolutely unnecessary reasons uses rape as a plot device with the villain. This one yeah. has like an like an attempted implied rape as like a completely gratuitous, unnecessary, gross misogynistic plot device. So I'm like, okay, we're slightly yeah. Man, that's it's a, a low, low bar, bar, but we're <laughs> That's it's about really as low as the bar can get. It's about as low as the bar can get, but it's like the one prisoner tries to sexually assault um the cia intel courier lady uh samantha samantha sure and it's gross and it's completely unnecessary and she doesn't matter she's literally a MacGuffin. and also like it's it's <laughs> really literally because this is... isn't even like a moment for seagal to white knight yes. it's like this other woman again in like a weirdly misogynistic way how they pit like you know the two female characters against each other like this other yes. woman who hates her comes and saves her and is like i still hate you and like you know like it's just i thought maybe hey this will be a moment where like they bond for a second because a woman (laughs) saving another woman from sexual violence nope she just uh threatens more sexual violence yeah she's like no i just need that intel chip that's implanted in you you are literally just meat to me yeah actually now they're talking about it maybe this is dropping down even worse i don't know i just like could not even (laughs) care about this movie enough to get mad about it maybe i'll drop from one and a half stars to one star (laughs) you know you've persuaded me because the movie is gross and just gratuitous but um they literally objectify the main woman she is 200 million dollars yeah but again see this is the problem i'm all i'm saying is this movie clears a very very low bar because this movie was not written by Seagal, <laughs> of course, the woman that he rescues, the CIA lady with all the money, falls in love with him. But like they ride off into the sunset together. But there's no just like random topless while he's fully clothed like sex scene. No, that is, like that in did every not way happen, it no. is a very slight improvement on the problems that we have with the Seagal movie. <laughs> what are we even talking about? That's so awful. <laughs> Like it is still gross. I, I like, want wow, you to listen to yourself. The last one I had to watch. <laughs> like, please, like, just think about what you're saying. So, it is, <laughs> is that really a bar that we want to allow anyone to clear? Like, maybe is that... clearing the bar is the wrong word. <laughs> I think he hit the bar and bounced off of it. <laughs> he tripped and nosedived, but just he caught just, himself. <laughs> he stumbled over the bar. But, like, just compared yeah. to the last, like, ten movies we've watched, it is slightly less gross in every way. I guess. I, something... It, except this, this sprinkles on this just detestable, I hate my own audience. This is true. Also, I don't know if... <laughs> seasoning. I don't know if we fully talked about this. This movie stars the two Steves, Steven Seagal and Stone Cold Steve Austin. They're on the poster together. They're best buddies. Yeah. At the end of the movie, like, Seagal splits this, like, you know, 200 million with him. 
they interact throughout the course of this movie about the same amounts that Seagal interacts with Machete <laughs> in Machete. Like yes. how he shows up Just at the beginning about. to like kill his wife and then kind of video chats the bad guys throughout and then like shows up at the end to have a sword fight. Steven Skull and Stone Cold Steve Austin have like a scene together on screen, like at the start of the movie. They, I think, literally like Craigslist misconnections briefly bump into each other before deciding that they need to split <laughs> up again for no reason. Um, yes. And then at the end, they well, have, a have a scene a which is shot very weirdly in a way that makes me think they weren't actually talking to each other. Because there's like no over shoulder shots. It's just Seagal's face. Stone Cold Steve Austin's face. Seagal's face. Stone Cold Steve Austin's face. Like, but like with like <laughs> every, so, with completely yeah. different backgrounds, completely different like lighting, completely different like color. Like that's their conversation at the end. That is like the only time these two characters actually interact with each other. And every single time they interact, it is to discuss as briefly as possible their plans of attack. What are we going to do in the next scene? Mm-hmm. And to explain to the audience what their plans are that is all of their lines when they're in the same room are not about character not about their relationship not even really about the plot but just what the blocking for the next scene is going to look like it's basically the perfect representation of male friendship (laughs) 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 but no you are right that their conversations are not even surface level because that would imply there is a surface to them and they are so Mm -hmm. infrequent as to essentially be in separate movies favorite lines we're not so different you do and i have, that's my <laughs> I say, do we have favorite ones i i do but mine's terrible oh so, <laughs> so at one point the um i don't i don't, I don't know if she, was she even given a name the second female prisoner the woman that was like working with the baddies. um i don't even know if she Charlotte. was given a name probably has one in the credits Charlotte. huh Yes. Scarlet. Not Scarlet. Scarlet. Stop saying okay. Scarlet. Charlotte. C-H. Scar- Charlotte. Charlotte. Well, this... You, okay. Charlotte. Sorry. Couldn't hear you, mumbler. <laughs> Charlotte. Uh, she... So, she is trying to chase down... What was the other woman's name? Uh, Samantha. I could. I need to pull up the credits. Samantha. Because they don't... The, I need to say... Like, this sounds really terrible. This sounds like I'm, I'm a shitty person because I, I like... I can't. I can only not remember the women's names, and that sounds awful. They don't say their names in the movie. <laughs> they they shout the guy. The men shout each other's names constantly. They don't shout each other's names. They're constantly referred to as the female prisoners. What was this movie? Hans <laughs> is not a misogynist. The movie is Maximum Conviction. Oh my God. Okay, Hans Charlotte and Samantha. Contact misogyny. Mm-hmm. Oh God. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, Samantha is the the object, the object, the one who has the two hundred million dollar. It's an so awful. It, like there's there's no better representation of that as a terrible characteristics in in movies, as in this movie. It's so ridiculous. So uh, Charlotte is chasing down Samantha, chases her past Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, Samantha gets away. Charlotte has to fight him. And he, like, <laughs> he walks up to her, drops his gun, walks up to her, and says some cheesy line like, You okay, baby? And she spins around and hits him over the head with a two-by-four. Drops him to the floor, beats him, and then he, she runs away trying to chase after Samantha. He gets up and says, Oh, that's my kind of woman. <laughs> and then at the end of the movie, oh. when she dies... <laughs> 
It's, it's an awful line. When she dies, he walks over her body and says to the mercenaries that are like high-fiving each other because they just killed all the bad guys. He goes, which one of you mother killed my ex future ex-wife? Yes. <laughs> I just couldn't help but laugh. It's so stupid. But also like he says it like he's just walking. Her body's just on the floor. He just kind of like... Oh Walks past it like uh, at the end uh, of this okay. movie, the heroes come off as the biggest monsters. Oh yes. Oh, absolutely. Well, they I mean, are they're monstrous. all monsters, but everyone in this movie, except for Samantha, the literal object, yeah. is a monster. Uncaring, unfeeling. Do not. They don't care about other people at all. They crack jokes at the corpses of the fallen. Monsters. Yeah, you know terrible. what is funny about struggling to remember how you mentioned how they don't say their names? There is a random yeah. there is a woman who like works in the kitchen, like she's the cook for this prison, and she does not affect the plot at all. She doesn't matter at all. It's really weird because they kind yeah. of like set up a relationship between her and like one of the guards, and like this guard has like lines in the movie, like is a named character with lines, and then like the two of them like uh-huh. hunker down and like you know try to like survive in the kitchen. And then they don't affect anything. They just get shot. They just die. Like, that's just end of yeah. end of their storyline. Just completely gone. Yeah. Um, but I remember her name, Esmeralda, because they say it, like, actually multiple times. Like, for this character that does yeah, not matter, do. it's like, oh, why don't you boys come in? I'll see if Esmeralda will stay later and cook you up something. And then they walk in, like, Esmeralda, you here? Yeah. Like, they say the name of this random person who works in the kitchen who doesn't affect the plot in any way more than the side character the two main female characters who very much affect the plot yes right and i swear to god i i don't think i heard samantha or she heard Esmeralda once this times. entire movie i was yeah yeah it's so oh my god i just it's so frustrating it's just frustrating it makes me angry it makes me very very angry watching these movies lately because they're just so they're not just like bad movies they're they're irritating mm. so you know what i think it is what what do you think it is so we've i think we've tried to like imply a certain evolution not even imply outright state like we've talked about these movies before and we're like ooh, we are entering like the new epoch of seagal like we are like we are seeing like i have something to say about that well i think (laughs) oh excuse me sorry dinner um what do you think? Just thinking about themes of evolution, you, like, you know, kind of felt like these movies were evolving for a while. I, you know, how to explain this? You know, um, like the, like the bee orchid. There's this like type of orchid, like the Ophrys apifera or something. I, I can't remember the exact like that evolved to look like a bee. So then, what would happen is that like it evolved to look like a female, but like the petals of the flower look like a bee. So male bees would see it and be like, "Hey, a lady bee." and try to mate with it but really they, they were just helping to like pollinate it but now these orchids have been around for so long and like they have not changed their shape even though the original bee that they would try to court has gone completely extinct so we have this extinct species of bee that we can't even see anymore other than we can see like in the flowers like the petals kind of looked like what this bee once oh, looked for and they like cool. specifically evolved to, to match the shape of this like target audience of bee that literally doesn't exist anymore has completely died out and like now just kind of have to somehow still survive in this world that honestly i think that is like what the seagal movie is in like 2014 
Mm. Like it feels like they cultivated like there is just such a specific audience that these movies like were literally designed for. And that audience is extinct. It's gone. So now we just have this like impression (laughs) of what this audience would like hypothetically if it was still around. So we're like, oh, they, this movie kind of looking at the pedals of this movie, they just like weird, like throwaway, gross, misogynistic lines and like poorly made action. As long as like the tough main character gets to be a badass about everything and doesn't have to answer to no one and can just be a total, but he's still the good guy. Like, that movie shouldn't exist anymore. That movie doesn't have a currently, like, pollinating Arguably, audience. Arguably, never should have existed. It never should have existed. But, like, it is just, <laughs> like, it is still just a remnant of, There was like, a market for it. Of something that is not there anymore. Like, you can even and still... just... Yeah. You can even yeah. still for have, the, like, other, yeah. like, similar action movies. But, like, the specific cut of just, like, the completely irredeemable, annoying, like, frustrating... Like, it's frustrating to us because it literally was not made for any of us who are currently alive like on this planets like it is for a long extinct species <laughs> and i want to say just for our listener zach's explanation of that had more <laughs> setup <laughs> payoff and poetic framing than this movie wow low bar <laughs> thank you oh i'm honored i'm touched Jesus. like <laughs> that's a very good metaphor though it's a good point like it's, I'm it's be quite literally not for us and not for anyone who is like watching movies today. It's for Steven Seagal. It's for Steven Seagal. It's just another ego boost. And I don't know how he keeps doing this. What I really want to crack is his secret to how he gets these movies made. That he operates a money, money laundering, laundering company laundering. called Steamroller it, Productions. It has it's Russian to be. money there's, laundering. There's That's no why other they're changing their logo every other movie. Honestly, <laughs> but not changing the name. Well, that's hard. Well, because <laughs> they can like say they have like a graphic designer you gotta on update payroll. all the documents and yeah. Oh, they pay that graphic designer way more money than he actually makes. That's how you launder money, <laughs> yeah. and so he just says that it's you know pre-washed monies to like wink to the IRS and say that he doesn't know how money laundering works, but he knows how money laundering works. Well, see, and that's part. Of, and here's the thing: is why else would you have a movie where like? people in a Chinese laundromat in the middle of Paris, France are like exchanging greenbacks because that's part of the whole money laundering scheme. <laughs> yeah. Factors in. That's part of it. He was, he was telling us the whole time. Yeah. The clues were right there. Mr. Policeman. All I had to do was look. What do the numbers mean? Let's see, is that the second like call duty reference that we've made this? Yes. <laughs> um, I don't actually, Going back to our favorite lines, I don't know if I had it. I think my favorite line was whenever he says, like, what are you going to do with the money? Because I was just completely baffled with, like, where did this come from? This was not set up, (laughs) like, if you stop the bad guys, you get the money. That's not the plot you were in. But then you get to the end, and it's like, oh, we stopped the bad guys, so we get the money, right? It just completely... Like, I was like, when was this introduced? Like, that took me by surprise. What made the bad guys the bad guys is that they were trying to get the money. And then you're like, oh, hey... I'm just going to keep that money. <laughs> Free money. Yeah. Uh, just a couple more dumb things to point out. Uh, Steven Seagal, with his automatic shotgun, has the butt of his shotgun resting oh, on I, top I of his have, shoulder. Oh, I actually, I already took a Not screenshot. I put a screenshot in the folder the that will be in the show notes. The way he holds the gun is maybe the worst way he's ever held a gun so far. <laughs> yeah. It's, 
It's bad. Absurd. And it doesn't... There's no recoil in the slightest. No, nothing. Well, and it shows Not him even... firing his shotgun on full auto, and he's just, like, spraying all over the place because he has zero control over it. That's so ridiculous. And it's like... Like, how can you not even try? Not even try. He's not even trying. Not even trying. It's so ridiculous. Uh, oh, and uh, so a bunch of people have, like, carrying straps on their guns, and they take the strap off over their head to replace the magazine whenever they go empty every single time. Not just, like, drop the magazine, put a new one in, but, like, remove the gun from their person, inspect it, <laughs> eject the magazine put in a new one, try the slide a few times, uh, and then put the strap back on and then get back into the action. It takes everybody like a full minute to reload their weapon. How else do Is you do this it? Question. Is yeah. this maybe like the highest density of like attempts at like cool bat- like action movie, like one-liners that we've seen in any Skull movie? Because it feels like with both Seagal and oh. Stone Cold Steve Austin trying to each like have their time like a that you have two of them both trying to have like the cool like action movie like one-liners and also be like after the first half or the first like 20 minutes of the movie where they're like reading off of cue cards for like just saying exposition and like steven skull's literally forgetting his line halfway halfway through each line the second half of the movie is like just consisting of those like badass one-liners so you have two main characters both trying to have the main character one-liners and also both those main characters only know how to speak in these one-liners like, I think yeah. it reached a certain bad. point where just, like, the only words they were saying were, like, he th- throws this dude who gets, like, skewered by, like, a weight bench. And then he's like, no pain, no gain. And then, you know, this <laughs> smiling face is the last thing you're going to see before you hit your grave. And, oh, and then at the end, like, it feels like they're trying to set up this bromance thing when it's like, hey, remember, it ain't over till we're dead. Like, it just feels like they only know how to speak. <laughs> the one last mission. One-liners. Yeah, meet it. We're yeah. gonna have one more mission, you know. Yeah. Um, I really like that. I I really enjoy that the screenshot you got of him holding the butt of his shotgun well above oh, his shoulder, which makes no like, sense at all. And it looks awkward to hold. Like it would be noticeably awkward to hold a rifle like that. Like you should anyway, look at the screenshot, but if you don't, the butt of his shotgun is at his like ear or eye level. It's like at his ears. Yeah. Like he's pointing it, it downward. <laughs> It's just not even natural. Like you, you would you would be doing that and realize, oh, this isn't right. Like this cannot. <laughs> but possibly whatever. Like he's. I really enjoy yeah. that in that screenshot. The subtext there, the subtitles for the dialogue during that part, they're in the final like the the final boss fight between his minions and the baddies minions, and the bad guy says, "We have you outnumbered two to one," and Sigal goes. <laughs> It ain't the amount, it's the skill. As he's holding his shotgun so obviously wrong. <laughs> it ain't the amount, it's the skill. <laughs> it's horrible. Bad movie all around. It's my, uh, this is the it's frustrating movie I dislike the most. Half a star, I'd give it less if I could. The end. I am, I honestly, I, I can't get past that you... You dislike this more than Ticker? I, I've seen Ticker twice. Very I would rather watch Ticker a third time than watch this again. <laughs> really? That is wow. wild. That's this is brutal. the most diverging you've ever been in an episode. You're like doing a, a Hans or a Zach or something. It is. I From this discussion, 
because am I like the even keel guy on this trio? Yeah. Okay. No, no, this no, this I time no. This time you're just you're going off the gut, which I can respect. No, you're I'm firing take, from I'm, the hip. I'm, I'm yeah, taking no I'm prisoners. Taking a bold firing from the hip. I, I will say you have dropped it for me, like from analyzing this more. I've gone down to one mm-hmm. star, and I think it just dropped from like fourteen to like twenty-four, like on my ranked list. Nice. Good. I said, you know, actually, <laughs> this pretty trash. also, you know, the kind of like critiques that just like do not matter, but also deeply matter yeah. because you're like, you know, 35 movies into watching Steven Skull movies. So you start, so you just like start to notice these things that happen, like that are so minimal, but keep happening. So it just bugs you at the start of yeah. this movie. We've like, I feel like every other episode we're talking about like how annoying, like the title sequence is in some way. Like this one, yeah. it's not just doing weird, blurry, gyrating women or anything. It is like introducing the setting, like the while the you know opening credits are going on, like there's actual film happening. But it's just the sound effect they use for like every starring, starring, starring this person, this person, this person. It's like they use they're using the same exact sound effect every single time, like a as the text comes on, and then like a as like the text goes away. It like yeah. hurt my ears, and I swear, I like we were five minutes in, and we're at like the fifteenth co-executive producer's <laughs> pet goldfish, and it's like, <laughs> like it's trying to do like the kind of military <laughs> type, like like it's trying to do like you know spy ops, but like, and it like hurts because i looked at it i'm like how are we like at the five minute mark and they're still doing credits and they're using the same awful sound for everyone how can you mess up opening credits this badly and this often like how is this still a problem and how is it worse here than it's been it's kind of wild yeah it's an achievement yeah and that's just what these movies are talk they're still messing up the same things we talked about like 20 movies ago (laughs) this should be obvious to anyone the most someone that has never seen a movie before would be able to look at this and say oh that seems wrong <laughs> i mean it even like the person editing it should be like the editor of this movie has to watch it more than once they'd be like wow that's really annoying <laughs> to listen to for like t- eight hours straight let's take that out can we like put up three of the executive producers executive producers boom 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 here they are like it is literally yeah. co-executive producer co-executive producer co-executive producer and every single one introduced with like a bleep, bleep. it hurts it's pretty bad it's horrible brutal aaron are you bleeding oh, a shoulder? little bit i was kind of wondering don't about worry that, about but me. i didn't want to interrupt the pod you, seem to... you think this is getting shot this isn't getting oh shot <laughs> whoa what a deep <laughs> cut <laughs> I am so ashamed of myself that I can make those deep cuts. <laughs> That's like you planned that. He shot himself just so he could like have that line. <laughs> oh, you want to know what else this movie does? That this movie is messed up like what? 40 times. They do another what? thing where Steven Seagal is given a hint that something bad is going to happen. And like... Mm-hmm. And in trying to look like he's doing something about it, he looks more incompetent because he like when he goes to his buddies at the cigar bar, they're like, oh, yeah, we found a note being passed by the prisoners that says we're going to attack the prison and try to steal these two inmates (laughs) at this time at this date. And Seagal's like, huh, I guess we should head back and take care of that, I guess. (laughs) And I'm like, if you weren't out like, you know, doing your target run, you you would be there to help stop this. If you're going to come and talk about how everybody else is incompetent when you literally left 
<laughs> like they didn't need to introduce <laughs> the black they didn't prison. need to introduce this plot of like they find this note from like two prisoners that says when we're going to do the bad thing the main plot he could have just yeah. been there at the prison with his guys and then like things happen yeah. they make him look more incompetent by trying to introduce something yeah he- but he had to have a scene where he sits around smokes cigars and drinks whiskey with two women on his lap <sighs> yeah, this movie sucks <laughs> of course that had to happen. Are you coming around to where Awful. I'm at? I, it's still not nearly <laughs> low enough for me. Because like I said, like the last four movies that we've watched with the exception of Machete have like been so much worse. But yeah, no, I'm... I don't know. This is this is solidly number four mm. on the worst list. Okay, for me. I won't be quite that negative, but it's not great. It's Ticker, Submerged. I can't remember the name, but whatever that other one was called that they took took the good movie away from us and gave us the keeper keeper. that's what it was the bodyguard that's number three and then this one's number four for sure Mm, see i have ticker submergent against the dark as my bottom three tell you what though i think things are gonna upset that list here pretty soon because we're getting into a new talking about eras we're in a new era we're officially in a new Mm -hmm. era you can tell by looking at the poster. You can tell by looking at Seagal's getup. He's no longer in a leather trench coat. Now, that might just be a symptom of him being in, like, military garb, kind of? Yeah. Excuse me. But we're officially in the era of, like, skinny sunglasses, backwards oh. ball oh. cap, and this is the last movie where he does Wait, not have a goatee. Wait, we're in the goat... We get goatee Seagal next movie? Oh, we're in, go- we're in Gautier Seagal now. Oh, that is. The... But this this was like a, a little, this was like an intro to that with the backwards ball cap and the glasses because he has them on. Ooh, in every that is one of like the final like evolutionary dead end. That is like the vestigial like you know flipper <laughs> legs of the evolutionary line. That is the Steven Seagal movie. That is like the this <laughs> evolutionary. This dead creature end. has like fourteen different organs that are not only useless but actively kill it. Like evolutionary tract of this <laughs> specific species of movie. Oh, it's horrible. Oh, I'm kind of excited. Uh, yeah, I'm not looking. Oh, I'm yeah. not looking forward to the next few. We are in for a. What treat. is next? Who, who has the, the list up? Oh, what should we watch instead? Oh. Ooh, I haven't actually thought about this. You can watch uh, 1979's Escape from Alcatraz if you want. A prison movie. I was actually going to say The Rock. Oh, The Rock. Uh, read the Iliad. How dare you bring? How dare you bring that into this discussion? This makes a reference to the Iliad. So, oh my God, just look at these posters. Oh, please, please, please. Oh my please. God. Yes. So we have up next posters. Up next is well, I just just. Uh, look at here. Look on my letterbox. I have lists uh, split into thirds for all yeah. the Seagal films that we're watching. And if you look at the last list, film three six nine, Advanced Seagal. Um, we just finished Maximum Execute, uh, Maximum Execution, Maximum Conviction. Now the next one up is Force of Execution. And if you look at the posters oh, for Andy all Trey of the ones back. after Force of Execution, it is sunglasses goatee like black painted on pointy hairline and a backwards ball cap in every single one they're all identical amazing wait hold on this can't be right what what can't be right 
Oh, I'm just looking at this poster for Force of Execution. I'm very upset. Why? What's, what's wrong? Because this is... Oh, it has Danny Trejo on it. Is he not in the No, no, cast? no, no, no. It, that, that's the problem, is this is Force of Execution starring Steven Seagal, Ving Rhames, and Danny Trejo? Oh, my Ving Rhames? What? what? No. How did that happen? Oh, no. you deserve better than that. Well, hey, we... I'm looking at reviews, and the top top review on Letterboxd is <laughs> starts off with all caps. <laughs> of all of the old Fat Seagal films I've seen, this was by far the most entertaining. <laughs> well, there we go. There we go. Look forward to that. Just, oh, no, 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 no. There were Seagal. so many whispery Seagal lines that I cheesy grinned all oh, through. No. Oh, that doesn't... I don't get cheesy grins nope. from... Whispery Seagal lines. I get oh, angry. Get ready for Goatee Seagal. It's on. Uh, it's on. Back. Oh, man. And it's it, it, it. Look at these posters. He's the same in every single one of these after this. Even one where he looks like he inexplicably plays a Japanese guy again. Great. You have that to look forward to. Um, For my movie <laughs> that you should watch instead, um, the These Grand Budapest suck. Hotel has like a prison break. <laughs> You can watch oh, the Grand yeah. Budapest Hotel instead. I watched uh, yeah. a couple years back. I watched Papillon with Rami Malek. You could watch Papillon. That's like a prison escape movie. Um, I, I can't even remember the title. I don't even care enough about it to look up the title. I remember a couple years back when I was in like high school or something watching like a Luc Besson prison fi escape film, but it's in like space prison. That probably space doesn't prison. hold up well and probably also has like weird gross misogynistic like sexual violence in it because he's like rescuing this gal from like a space from space prison but like it's probably at least like somewhat more campy fun than this so you probably watch oh, if you want another wes anderson film with prison in it the french dispatch mm. uh, one of the one it's an anthology film one of the short films within that takes place in a prison the french dispatch more like the french mid match because that movie was mid i'm sorry i didn't love i it. liked it Oh my God. I liked it. Uh, tonight is controversial opinion Aaron night. <laughs> I like. I really like that one. <laughs> Not that something we usually get. Fine. Grand Budapest no, was better. No, fine. You it could was watch good. Grand Budapest. Grand Budapest was better. I will give you. You can that. watch Fantastic Mr. Fox. I, okay, that's my last one. Oh, Fantastic Mr. Fox is the best one. <laughs> okay, so next week. Next week. Force of Execution. <laughs> Force of Danny execution. Trejo, sure. Bing Rames, and also unfortunately oh, Stephen wow. Seagal. You know, I'm just going to preemptively say that next week, since, like, Ving Rhames is in this, that, you know, I'm just going to be recommending, like, the Mission Impossible movies, like... Well, yeah. I'm just going to say, like, whatever. It yeah. doesn't matter which one. I'm just going to say you should watch one of the Mission Impossible movies that has Ving Rhames yeah. and Luther in it. You can take Mission Impossible 1. Okay. I'll take Mission Impossible 2. Aaron can take Mission Impossible 3. Yeah. Wait, you're going to take okay. Mission Impossible 2, Hans? I don't know. I've I'm going to take Mission Impossible, Impossible 2. 2. I'll take Mission Impossible 2. <laughs> I love Mission Impossible 2. Okay, I will take this. This is controversial opinion, Aaron Knight. I'll, I'll take Aaron. I love Mission That's Impossible. Why they call too. him Aaron Hot Take Lynch. <laughs> Have you seen the newest one yet? What? Have you seen the I'm newest not. one? Yet? Aaron. Aaron. I know. I know. Actually, is it is it out on Blu-ray yet? I don't know if it's out on Blu-ray. I think it's out on like digital. We should probably like finish our episode. Yeah. Yeah. What? Well, real quick before we stop recording. Remember how I thought I how I forgot to unmute myself after I coughed yeah. earlier? Yeah. I think I might have been muted during the clap, so we might have to like reclap oh, on our way out okay. here. Okay. Oh, valid. Come on. I'm sorry. Okay, I just I just is that I a hardware mute? Yeah, I have a mute button <sighs> here. 
Okay. Although honestly, I'm not it's, gonna it's lie. Better. Yeah, I it's like probably this. easier to align than like the clap where we currently do it. I, I it doesn't matter to me. I'm just I just want to yeah. make sure that we don't like okay. miss that. Anyway, three, two, one. Three, two, one. Three, two, one. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Um, I'm just gonna cut it. I think. Yeah. Okay. I don't Maybe know. Just stop okay. <laughs> so you find our ending in there somewhere. Yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin. 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 Stone Cold Steve Austin's face. Seagal's face. Stone Cold Steve Austin's face. Wow, that was slightly less gross than the last one I had to watch.